you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. Mm. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. Hello. 
Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. We are, though, two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, share your comments and thoughts, and answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please do remember, we are not experts. We are just podcast hosts, and we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or a mental health professional as needed. And if you want to reach us, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390, and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And if you are not tired of our voices yet, you can hear us on our current daily podcast here for you and we also would love for you to check out uh, the podcast we produce she thinks just bought it hosted by the amazing caroline moss indeed let's get into it kate i love I loved this, this first question i loved it too <laughs> can't wait to hear what you think okay dory a listener wrote us and they wrote this today and i was like oh this is going in i've been meaning to ask this for some time i'm around the same age as you guys 41 and i do not get instagram you both seem very well versed in it and i could use some pointers how do you find interesting people to follow what do you look at when you're on there whenever i open the app it seems to just be dominated by endless photos of friends dinners and heavily filtered landscape photos half the time when i here you refer to a post you made, quote, on the gram. I can't find it when I go to your pages. Lest I sound like a Luddite, I'm actually an engineering professor. Oh, you don't sound like a Luddite. Um, I think sometimes there are apps that are hard for our brains to kind of jive with. Yeah. And like, I feel like Instagram also added on features gradually. So if you'd been using it for a while, you could just sort of like know what the new feature was. But if you're starting from scratch, it could seem overwhelming. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because I've been on Instagram since 2010. Same. When it was just like some photos you put up with a filter. And now yeah. it's like stories and Instagram yeah. influencers and feeds and, and yeah, messages it, and like, yeah, and yeah. live and Instagram TV. Yeah. So it is, it is, um, there is actually a lot going on for an app that seems fairly straightforward. Yeah. Um, I think, how do you find people, cool people to follow? There is an explore tab, which is that, um, little magnifying glass in the bottom. Um, but I don't know if that's always, I actually kind of like to look and see like who people I already follow or people who I think are interesting are following. Mm-hmm. That's a good, how, that's a good idea. How do you, aside from like friends and celebs? Yeah, I'm try I was trying to think how I found people. Um, sometimes it's people who are tagged in people's photos I'm like, oh, yeah, that person's interesting. And you can see if, if someone has tagged someone in their photos, there's, you'll see a little um, icon in the lower left-hand corner. It's just like a black circle with a white person inside. And if you, then if you click on the, if you just tap the photo, the tags will come up. Um, and I feel like sometimes that's how I find people. 
Um, people mentioned in stories. The stories are all along the top of your feed in the little circles. And if you go to someone's profile and they have the circle around their profile photo is a color, then you can click on the circle and they that means they have stories that you can watch. Yeah. And stories are kind of, you know, I'm I'm wondering if when you've said you we've referred to a post and then you can't find it, if it's because it's something we put in our Instagram stories and those all disappear kind after of what 24 I'm hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I will say that is an interesting feature, and this this might be helpful on the other end, is that when you unfollow someone, Instagram will tell you similar accounts that you follow. Yes. So that's a good that's a good one, too. Yeah. So you can like let's say you um were following a hat influencer and then you're like i'm done with this hat influencer <laughs> this person's really big in the hat world and influencer if you're a hat influencer <laughs> thank you dora yeah that's the proper term and then you unfollow them and then like 10 other hat influencers that you follow or maybe like a shoe influencer will pop up mm-hmm. and you can also be like oh, i'm done with all of them but i would say listener like maybe also instagram's not for you and that's okay like one of my best friends is still not on facebook because she just was like no that's not she's on instagram but she's not down with facebook it's just not for her so yeah that's also i mean okay. that's kind of how i felt about snapchat i was just like you know what i don't love this <laughs> um and i just was like no and stopped using it yeah and then think of all the free time you're going to have yeah because you're not on instagram like everyone else yeah yeah um but if our listeners have other tips or thoughts um weigh in if you have any great follows on the gram you could yeah let us know could put together a follow list oh you know but that's so it's so subjective it is you know it is yeah i mean does everyone want to be following contestants from the like 2007 season of the bachelor i don't i don't know just maybe it's just me i mean maybe (laughs) i do a lot of bachelor contestant perusing on instagram that is for certain um all right dory we received another email about a very different topic um this was this was actually kind of like asked to me but i think you will be able to answer this as well so Just a quick question, if you wouldn't mind. I was listening to the Forever 35 episode with Jen Gotch, and I heard you mention that you're taking medication for your anxiety. This is for this is me specifically. I've been thinking about trying medication for some time now, so it's really helpful to hear people's journeys regarding this. I know that you've struggled with health anxiety, which I also do quite badly. I'm wondering if medication has helped this aspect of your anxiety. It can be really hard to find people who specifically struggle with health anxiety. So I'm just so curious to know if medication has helped. I've tried CBT therapy. And with the whole pandemic, plus a mom who was diagnosed with cancer last year and a father who died from cancer eight years ago, I'm having a hard time dealing with this just through talk therapy slash all the other, quote, natural stuff. Yeah. I mean, I would say, please... Um, if you have access to a great psych- a psychiatrist who you trust, work with them to find a medication that's right for you because we are all yeah. so different. Our makeups are different and our needs are different. Um, I do have anxiety. I also have OCD. Um, I also possibly might have a ADD. That's I haven't fully gotten that one figured out yet. But so like different, I can take certain medications that somebody else might not work for someone else. Um, but right. yes, it has helped with my health anxiety. But also... Um, meds combined with consistent therapy. 
Mm. I think you need both personally. And that is, that's like what my psychiatrist was like, you need to be in therapy for these like, like the the med- medicine can help for sure. But I think you, yeah. I, also, I also had to be doing kind of consistent work on it. Um, Dora, you take a, is it an SSRI technically? Uh, no, no. Butrin is not an SSRI. Um, and I don't take it for anxiety. It has also been used to help people stop smoking. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Where, and, and it, it under a different name. Yeah. So. I mean, I think to this listener, I would not like, I, I would, I'm an individual and you're an individual. So don't do what I do. Um, you need to consult a doctor clearly. Um, but I can tell you that, yes, it, it has helped me personally with, um, with therapy as well. So I hope you find some, some relief and get some support for that. Yeah. Same. All right. Shall we hear a voicemail? Yeah. So these two voicemails kind of, they're a little similar. So we're going to do a little bit of like chat about how the podcast is made. Hi, Kat and Dora. This is Emma calling from Boston. And it was so incredible to hear Madeline Albright on your podcast. I like shrieked to myself when I saw her name on the episode. And I think I would love to learn more about how you wrote the interview questions and just hear more about like a debrief of what it was like to speak with one of the most prominent politicians in the world. Um, and in general, too, this is just like constructive criticism for the podcast. I think it would be great to just get a little bit more debrief from your interviews after you know, they end and, and before you switch to the intentions. I think that reflecting on, you know, what you've learned and kind of your key takeaways is something that I would really um, love to hear more. So thank you guys. And of course, love the podcast. Bye. Well, thank you thank for the you. question. Yeah. And thank you for the feedback. Um, we definitely will take that into consideration. I will say the way we most of the time we have done the interviews before we record the rest of the podcast episode that you are hearing. Um, but occasionally that isn't always the case, which is why we may not reflect as much, I would say. Would you would you say that's right, Dory? Yeah, I mean, also the way that we edit them, we listen to we re-listen to the interview at the same time that we listen to the rest of it. So sometimes we're recording our like reaction to something that we recorded like two weeks ago. And I don't always like remember yeah. <laughs> my key takeaways. So maybe, I mean, one thing we could do is like listen to the interviews again before we record. That's a good point. And then we wouldn't have to listen to them another time, you know, when we when we do our main edit. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, All right. We'll try to figure that out. How yeah. did we? How did we prepare for the Madeline Albright interview? Well, we read her new book. Mm-hmm. We read a lot of press on her. We read a lot of press. Watched a lot some, of videos. Yep. Um, read profiles of her. Felt nervous. <laughs> and also, kind of tried to think about like what are some questions that most outlets interviewing her don't ask. Like that was partly why she wanted to. Well, her publicist wanted her to come on our show because 
We're not asking her like foreign policy questions. I mean, Dory and I did have 30 foreign policy questions lined up. <laughs> we just up. didn't get to them. We couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> ask them all. Uh, you know, we know us as experts on foreign policy. Yeah. And I think in reading her book, I, I think we both tried to look for things like the things she mentioned and figure out how to talk about them in a way that relates to what we talk about on our, on our show. Right. Like yeah. there's a way to, to hopefully make it applicable to our, um, the kind of forever 35 vibe, which yeah. she was so wonderful and so game for, um, and her, um, and we should say too, like that interview, some interviews, we reach out to people, other interviews, um, they or someone who works for them reaches out to us. So she was promoting a book and her book publicist is who reached out to us. We were very, we got that email and we were like, what? Yes. Yeah, and we we're also like, uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> like two, uh, yeah. That was one of those, like it lands in your inbox and you're like, did this go to the right place? Yeah. <laughs> but it did. And we really, um, we were thrilled to do it. Yeah. So thrilled. We have another um, podcast production voicemail, Dory. Hey, Kate and Dory. Um, I love listening to the Here For You show. I do it on my walks. Listening to one right now. Um, and I had a question about how you guys make your podcast. If you like write a script out or if you ad lib a lot of stuff. Um, sorry, there's wind. I, I was just always curious about how that works. What do you cut out, if anything? So, um, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a good day, evening, I don't know. Okay, bye. We don't write a script, but we do write an outline. Yes, and we have things that we say uh, as intros and outros for the different podcasts that we make. So if you've listened to all three of the podcasts we make together, you'll notice, like, you know, we have a every day for here for you, for example, Dory creates a new sheet and has it says, you know, we say the same kind of things up top. And then we do go in and fill out different sections to kind of, like you said, Dory, outline what we want to talk about. Everything else is just banter. Just us gabbing. Just gabbing. I mean, though, we do try to structure, you know, every episode is is structured. Like, and I, for example, I create the mini episode documents and I do try to have the topics flow and balance out voicemails versus emails. And we do kind of know how long it is until we take an ad break. So things are definitely structured um, for sure. And, but not, but loosely in a way so that we, we can um, let the podcast be or, as organic as needed. Cause I think that's what we enjoy most about doing it. Yeah. We want it to sound natural. Like I think, there's a there's a place for scripted podcasts, but I personally don't love listening to conversational podcasts that sound scripted. Yes, and we do not we we do edit things down and um, mostly for time, um, but we do not, as you'll probably notice, take out the ums and like the ums and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so, and with editing, we, we Dory and I each listen to the kind of raw episode. And we compile our edits and notes, and then we send those to Sammy, our producer, who then takes it and makes all the edits and sends it back to us. And that's how the magic happens. <laughs> that's the behind the scenes. Um, as, as uninteresting as that might have, that, that sounds, but it is fun to do, I will say. Yep. Well, thank you for that well, question, though. I appreciate curiosity. Yeah, same. Um, 
let's take a pause story. Let's do it. Because when we come back, we're talking scalps. Oh, yeah. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get oh, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank (laughs) you. you, Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not going back. You see how it could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday 
lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. All right. Dory. Yes, Kate. We discussed scalp cleaning on we did. a mini episode and we received a couple emails and some thoughts and we're just going to do a whole little scalp head <laughs> skin zone here. Uh, do you want to take this first email? 
I would love nothing more. (laughs) All right. I'm not an expert, but one of the things I would mention to Dory is if you don't wash your hair every day, you might still need to do a deeper cleanse every once in a while. I have very curly hair, so my situation is a bit different, but I don't shampoo every day. I use conditioner if my hair gets wet, but not on my scalp. When I need a deep clean, I use something like the Carol's Daughter Wash Day Delight, which basically washes your scalp without stripping it of oil, etc. When you don't wash often... Your scalp can get product buildup and just get kind of dry, which leads to the problems you're mentioning. But probably best to go with a rec from a dermatologist over me, a random listener. Another product I've been loving, but again, curly hair, is the scalp oil from Curlsmith, the scalp stimulating booster. Since I avoid washing my hair often, but still style it and put product in it, my scalp can get kind of itchy and dry. This oil is like a godsend. I used it every day for a while, but now every other day. So this is just to say that you might need to find the right balance of washing and conditioning and styling, et cetera, et cetera, that works for you. But hair is about balance. So it could be that washing once a week or whatever you're doing just doesn't work for you. I can't do the full preferred curly routine because my hair can't handle it. The preferred method is washing like once every two weeks or once a month and avoiding getting it wet. So you just have to find what works for you. And she linked to a couple of products that we will link to in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Do you do a deep clean? No. I'm intrigued mm-hmm. by a deep clean. Yeah, I would love to hear from someone who has hair that is more similar to mine about is- what product they use, which is like straight and fine and kind of oily. Okay. Like this you- this person who wrote in, I I really appreciate the suggestions, but her hair is like very different. Total opposite of yeah. mine. Um so I'm 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 just a little skeptical that what works for her is like going to work for me, but I appreciate the suggestions. So thank yeah. you so much. Here's another a listener tip and a product rack. And I should note that their email subject line was heal all scalps. <laughs> <laughs> They write, I have just healed up the worst scalp issues I have ever had. A combination of significant eczema flare-up and a nasty case of seboric dermatitis that developed after the birth of my son 14 months ago. I ran the gamut of shampoos, treatments, masks, vitamins, you name it, with little success. It seemed everything I tried either provided short-term relief before these issues flared up worse than before or didn't seem to work much at all. And then two months ago, the heavens parted and I came across the goop. G-Tox Himalayan Salt Scrub Shampoo. At first, I was hesitant to spend $40 on a shampoo, excuse me, $42 on a shampoo, which is about four times what I would normally spend on my previously healthy scalp. But I also recognized that I had reached a point of desperation and was already throwing so much money on a variety of treatments that weren't working. So why not? This ended up being the best money I have ever spent. My eczema flare-up is completely healed and the seboric dermatitis is 90% gone and I am currently dealing with only a tiny bit of residual dandruff that is completely that is a common result of these issues. But even this is diminishing with each passing week. I can't tell you how good it feels to run a brush through my hair and not be in complete agony. I wash my hair every fourth day and use only this scrub, massaging my scalp for several minutes and follow it with a tea tree conditioner on my ends. It builds up the most satisfying lather and smells like a spa. While this product is not directly advised as a solution to these problems, this is exactly what it was for me. I cannot recommend the scalp scrub shampoo enough. At first, I viewed this scrub as a temporary guest in my showering routine, but it has since worked its way into my heart as a holy grail, and I will continue purchasing for the spa-like experience alone. 
I hope this can be of some help to others suffering from scalp issues. Wow. Well, that is quite an endorsement. I mean, I I had to share this because this person was shouting it from the rooftops. Yes. I have never tried a goop product before, Dory. Have you? I have not. Is this the, the way we break our seals? I mean, possibly. I was intrigued. Like, this this person's skin issues sound a little more similar to mine, which which does make me more intrigued. So it's quite a mouthful, the title. Goop G-Tox Himalayan Salt Scalp Scrub Shampoo. Salt Scalp it Scrub is. Shampoo is a lot. That's like a tongue twister. <laughs> oh, it is. And it is indeed $42. Which is, you know, a pretty penny Woof, for, for a hair shampoo. Care. For anything, yeah. really. But yeah. For yeah, anything. Yeah. But now, of course, I'm intrigued. Right. Okay. So. Listener, I love the rack. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. Well. We'll try it. We will. Dory, Dory, we have a voicemail on folliculitis. Yes, let's hear it. Hey, y'all. My name is Caroline, and I call a lot. First time caller. Just kidding. Um, but listen, first of all, I always am listening to this podcast when I'm in the shower, and then, like, I hear you guys talk about something that I must discuss, and I, like, jump out of the shower, like, shampoo's still in my hair and dial you. So I just thought you'd appreciate that context. Um, but anyway, so... Since Dory mentioned folliculitis on the scalp, I just wanted to point out that sometimes what we consider acne on our body could also be folliculitis. So um, before my wedding, I had like horrible like pimples, what I thought were pimples all over my chest and back. And I had normal acne on my face too. So I had no reason to think that it wasn't just acne, but it wouldn't go away with any of the treatments that my dermatologist was giving me. And she finally suggested that maybe it was indeed folliculitis and I guess it's caused kind of like the same thing like the yeast in a yeast infection because she gave me a tablet that is usually given to patients with yeast infection and it knocked those suckers off my body like in a week and they've never come back Um, and she told me to use I think a similar um, shampoo that you use for like folliculitis Um, I use that every once in a while just to like make sure everything's staying controlled on my chest and back but like honestly nothing's ever popped back up I think maybe it came about when I was a teenager and was on swim team and constantly sitting around sweaty and in a bathing suit. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just wanted y'all to know that like folliculitis, it's worth getting it checked out if you have like body acne in addition to scalp acne. Um, I would go to the derm, of course, when all of this is over and we're able to go back to the doctor and see what they can do. Um, of course, I'm no doctor, but just wanted to put that out there. Something you might want to bring up with your derm if you have body acne that is just like not going away no matter what you use um so all right hope you guys are doing well enjoying all of your podcasts right now they're kind of all blending together i'm just like my world is kate and nori right now um, especially when i'm in the shower so all right y'all take care bye fascinating i i just want to say i hope this listener hears their voicemail played while they are in the shower yes (laughs) that would be so full circle Uh, interesting right yeah very interesting yeah um Thank you for this hot tip. Hot tip. And thank you for calling and thinking of us in the shower. Thank you for bringing us into the intimate parts of your home and your life. Yes. What a nice way of putting it. 
So we have one last hair-related voicemail. Uh, and this listener called in and they didn't know which podcast it should be for. So we decided it was a mini episode question. Uh, and they've got a hot question for us and maybe for all our listeners that we must answer. Hi, Kate and Dory. This is a question for the Here For You podcast. I guess maybe it's for over 35. But I am thinking about shaving my head in quarantine. And I wanted to know if I should do it. I realize that you don't know what I look like or anything about me at all. Uh, but I, just a little bit of pertinent information. I had a baby a year ago. After I had the baby, I lost a lot of hair. And it's just starting to come back now. And it's maybe about two inches long. My hair in general is maybe eight inches long. And it comes to about my chin. And I guess I'm just wondering if this is a bad idea or not. Should I shave my head in quarantine? What do you think? Thanks. Bye. Wow. What do you think, Dory? I feel a certain obligation to this listener. I don't want to steer her wrong. I know my answer. I knew my answer the second she asked. I mean, look, I think you should do it. 100%. When else are you going to do it if not in quarantine? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like experience it. You may love it and that might be your hairstyle forever or for a long period of time. But yes, go for it. Have Enjoy it. it. Yeah, that sounds great. I think if being in this space where we are home and not not going about our normal routines inspires people to try new things with their appearance or their fashion or whatever like yeah yeah that's like that sounds really interesting and i think you should do it it'll probably also feel good i was thinking about it yeah especially it's been so hot it's so freaking hot now maybe you don't live where we live but it's gonna get hot through many places in the world in the next few months yeah buzz it off send us a video and a photo yeah do please. it live on instagram and we'll come watch we are do we all are, of those things we are here for your hair shaving oh my gosh we are so here for your hair shaving um i love that question good luck i can't wait to see how it looks uh all right let's take another break okay and then we'll be right back you know we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay, I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed, They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially 
a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Dory, mm-hmm. we're going to shift gears Great. for this last segment of this mini episode. And we're going to go into the relationship zone. Okay, I'm ready. I talk a lot about zones, don't I? I do a lot of zone <laughs> referencing. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I will read this first email from a listener. I am wondering what to do about the fact that my husband and I have vastly different ways of, quote, relaxing. I have always known that we differ in how we unwind, but being home together during the pandemic has heightened my awareness of the difference. I am mostly relaxed when I have an empty or checked off to-do list while he is happy to veg out in front of a a movie or video games. Further, I actually enjoy being busy and doing projects around the house. Today, I have baked bread, sanded and put a second coat of stain on the coffee table I'm building, repotted plant seedlings for the garden and did a living room tidy up. He has watched a movie and some HGTV and done a bike workout. I am trying to list these activities without judgment. They are all perfectly good ways to relax and have downtime. I have enjoyed today so far and didn't feel like anything I was doing was a chore. I get in my feelings, though, when I think about how my free time activities usually contribute to making our home a better place, while his activities are materially unproductive. I'm not sure what to do because I genuinely enjoy working on projects and don't want to trade that time for TV time. I also don't want to impose my way of relaxing on him because he deserves to express his relaxation self in his own way. I end up resenting him a little bit, though, because when I look around the house, I see the fruits of my relaxation labor while he has made a good bum imprint on the couch cushions. How can I manage these feelings of resentment? P.S. I should be clear that he does contribute equally to the necessary household tasks like laundry, cooking and dishes. P.P.S. I just want to add this was a second email they sent, but I have attached it as a PPS, lest it come off as a humble brag that I do enjoy Netflix binges from time to time, especially British crime dramas. Oh, you're speaking my language. This is so interesting. This is interesting. 
what I don't I'm not even sure where to begin. Yeah, I went back and forth on this one. Because I couldn't I couldn't tell what the actual I wasn't sure what the actual issue was, I should say. Like is the issue the fact that you feel like his his downtime activities don't contribute to the household or do you want to be spending more time with him and you wish that you had like similar interests? I was wondering if the thing was like, he's not recognizing her for the contributions. Like, do you just want to be seen a little bit more for what you are adding? Also great question. (sighs) I don't know. I mean, this is, I don't know. This is a day. I mean, baked bread sanded and put a second coat of stain on the coffee table (laughs) that you're building not even just a coffee table that's like laying around a coffee table you're building repotted plant seedlings and tidied your living room i mean that is that is you are a person who enjoys engaging mentally and physically that's how you relax i think that's awesome um and it's equally awesome that he has figured out his own thing which is watching uh hgtv well and i guess my question is like if you feel like he does contribute to the household with like laundry, cooking and dishes, the things that you're doing, do you feel like these are things that need to be done or that you want to be done? And if, and follow up to that, I think it's like you want him to want to do it. And I don't think he's going to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like I, though. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, if you asked him, hey, could you help me tidy up the living room? He would probably say, sure. Yeah. But he's not going to think of that himself. And so I guess the question is, like, how much fulfillment do you feel like you can get just doing these activities on your own? Do you really feel like for that fulfillment, you need to share them? Because mm. maybe there are, you could say like, let's do the dishes together every night and chat. Yeah. Um, and and not make it as your relaxation thing, but like the kind of home maintenance that you must do together as a couple to yeah. maintain your living space. Yeah. Um, because also you seem like you're really thoughtful about it. Like I understand totally. that you feel like you're you are resenting him a little, but like you also are very clear on who you are and what your needs are and what his needs are, and you respect those the differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there's common ground where you can like let home maintenance be a thing you both do together, and maybe you can put all this amazing amazing energy you have that relaxes you towards other projects, like other projects that don't have to be about the house too. Like what yeah. If, what if you like took up pottery? That's a really good point. That's a great point, Kate. You know, or you could like, it, se- it just seems like you are a very driven person and that soothes you and you could channel that towards lots of things. Mm-hmm. So. Does he want to be, does he want to be doing the activities he does to relax with you? Or is he just like perfectly content to do those on his own? Yeah. I wonder that too. I'd love to hear what listeners think about this. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I both have fairly different relaxation hobbies from our partners. 
Definitely. Wait, did I say that right? I did, right? Like, I'm different from Anthony. You're different yeah. from Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't always do relaxation things together. Um, but no. I can see how if, like, one of us relaxed by cleaning the entire house, yeah. like, I would... Be- <laughs> And the other one relaxed by like doing crosswords, I would be annoyed. Right. Right. Tricky stuff. Tricky stuff. All right. We've got one final email here for this mini app. We do. Dory, I would, would love you like your, dul- your dulcet tones dulcet to take tones. this one away. All right. Here we go. I'm writing in to ask you and the Forever 35 community for some advice. My boyfriend of over three years is about to start training as an officer in the British Army. I do not know how the, mil- how the American military system works, but in the UK, you do your military training over a year consisting of three 14-week terms with a three-week break in between each term. And then you choose your regiment and stay there for a minimum of three years. This is where you live on a military base and get deployed. I'm having a very difficult time coming to terms with the fact that he will be away for so long. We are both very committed to each other and have both said we want to spend the rest of our lives together. However, I'm not a big fan of the army. I respect other people's views on it, but as someone who has grown up with medical professionals, I'm very much of the opinion of do no harm and working in the military can blur that line sometimes. I'm supportive of him pursuing what he wants to do and want him to reach his potential, but I cannot say I fully agree with the profession. This is something I'm trying to come to terms with and listen to the opinions of others who are pro-military. So some words of positivity would be really helpful. I'm also very heartbroken about how much time we will have to spend apart. I currently feel as if I am mourning all of the time we will not spend together. From friends' weddings, birthdays, and dinners out to the small things like cooking together and watching TV after work. We are, al- we are already planning holidays and activities we can do together when he is on leave so we can make the most of the time we have together. But I was wondering if either of you or any Forever 35 military wives slash girlfriends have any tips on how to cope with this transition and things I could do when he is gone to make me feel less alone. Finally, I'm putting together a going away pack to help him not feel so homesick. I will be including his favorite hot sauce, an eye mask and earplugs to help him sleep, a small bottle of my perfume and a mini photo album. But I was wondering whether you guys have any other ideas of what to include. Sorry for the long email. To summarize, here are my three topics of discussion. I'm struggling with the concept of him working for the military and what that may entail. I would like some advice on how to adjust to not to not being with him for long periods of time and suggestions on what to include in his homesickness first aid kit. I have never loved an email more than an email that then summarizes at the bottom <laughs> what the email is about. They're like, please address these topics. I loved that. I loved that so much. And oh my gosh, this sounds so hard really hard. Yeah. Um, well, first, Dory and I do are not partners to anyone in the military. So no. we cannot speak to that specifically. But I, I'm hoping someone who might be listening could. Um, struggling with the concept of him working for the military and what that might entail. That seems like a great conversation to have with a therapist. Hmm. Great call, Kate. Um, and possibly also other partners of people who might be serving mm-hmm. or family members, people who might understand um, the position you are in. Yeah. I think it is also a conversation that you could eventually have with your partner, but I think I would first take it to a space that is like safe for you to truly express yourself without fear of any sort of like repercussion in your relationship. Does that make sense, Mm, Dory? It does. 
It sure does. Some advice on how to adjust to not being with him for long periods of time. Well, it's just really hard. And you are with a partner who's like working in a, in a way that their safety is also more at risk than like, for example, my husband was away for a long time, but he was like working on a TV show. Um, yeah. And so I feel like you have this added um, aspect of stress to it. But yeah, um, I think as uh, a one, you know, talking and video chatting and sending videos, finding those like digital ways of communicating, but also mm-hmm. finding other people who have been through it or are going through it on the partner yeah. side of things. Find a support system. And a therapist again. And a therapist again. Now, what do you include in a homesickness first aid kit, Dory? (laughs) I mean, I love all of these ideas. I wonder if there's like a voice memo or something, Mm. like something of your voice that you could leave him, like maybe you reading to him or reading him a letter or something like that that he could listen to. Um, a handwritten note might be nice. Um, I don't know. Do you have other ideas? Like a little favorite. You said your fa- his favorite hot sauce is going in. Can like favorite snack be included? Mm. Love a favorite candy. Yeah. Uh, I, a handwritten note is fantastic. I think this is great. I think you nailed it personally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think these are great ideas. Yeah, but I think for you, you know, a community and also whatever setting up routines and practices for you to have that are for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that because your life is going to or should be enjoyable and fun and filled with joy, um, even without your partner present, like physically all the time. So yeah, making sure you have those, those things, whatever they may be. Good luck. Yeah, we are thinking of you. We, we, We really are. Dory. Yes, Kate. It is, as always, a pleasure to speak with you, to hear from our listeners of this show. I mean, it is just the best. Kate, truly the pleasure is mine. No, no, Dory, tis mine. Wow. All right. Well, if you insist. (laughs) I do. Um, But thank you all so much for calling and writing in. Um, Please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.